It's this really wild looking structure. Basically, you have these stacks of pods, each with a round bubble window on one side. They almost look like massive washing machines. Like if you took a stack of, you know, 10 or 12 washing machines and stacked one on top of the other with some facing in different directions, that's a little bit what this building looked like. It almost feels like a Lego structure, but it was put together by these little pieces. The Nakagin Capsule Tower is one of the most famous buildings in Tokyo, if not in all of Japan, if not all of the world. In its time, this building was a utopian vision of what housing could be. But soon, very, very soon, it will be a relic of the past. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we are going to do something a little bit unusual, because we're not taking you to a place that you can visit. We're going to take you to a place that is, as we speak, being torn down. But the idealism in this building's design may still live on. That's after this. time I took a road trip. How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. It's 1968, and the party is in full swing. It's an underground disco, and the walls and floor are all made of stainless steel. There's even a chandelier overhead made of four TVs, all turned on, each one tuned to a different channel. People are dancing, they're sitting on little cylindrical stools, they're laughing, they're smoking cigarettes. This is the Discotech Space Capsule in Tokyo. The person behind this futuristic space disco is a man in a beautiful suit with a thick head of hair and a mop-top Beatles cut. His name is Kisho Kurokawa. Kurokawa is an architect, and he designed this space, in his words, for those who want to release what is pent up inside of them. 
And you could say this is a moment where there is a lot pent up inside of the young people in Japan. The economy is booming, but the Second World War and the destruction that it wrought loom over everything. Entire cities uh, were leveled during World War II, whether it was by regular bombings or the atomic bomb. And so in the in the decades following the war, you have, you know, these entire cities that need to be rebuilt. This is Carolina Miranda. She's the art architecture and urban design columnist for the LA Times. And as a result, you have these architects with these very like wild utopic ideas about how that might be done. Like when you're starting from scratch again, there really is this opportunity to come up with these kind of like fantastical ideas about what architecture can be. One of these groups of architects is called the Metabolists. And Kurokawa is one of its youngest members. The Metabolists take their inspiration from nature. They grab onto shapes in the natural world, like cellular structures or strands of interwoven DNA. And they love the idea that in nature, things aren't static. They continually refresh and renew themselves over time. And they think cities could be like that too. In the late 60s and early 70s, Kisho Kurokawa becomes obsessed with the idea of capsules. And so he designs these capsule houses and that capsule disco. And then in 1972, his masterpiece opens its doors. The Nakagin Capsule Tower... It's made of 140 individual capsules, each one a micro-apartment. All of these are attached to this concrete core. With their round, porthole-shaped windows, they have this strange blend of inorganic and organic. They look like water droplets clinging to a tree branch or the bug eyes of a stick insect. And the capsules are designed to be crash pads for the many young businessmen commuting into Tokyo from the suburbs, where... They work long days and late nights at the city's bustling offices. But crucially, each one of these micro-apartment capsules could be switched out from the core over time. There was something about it that was, like, very organic and sustainable in a way. Like, the whole idea that you would never need to take the whole building apart, but you could go replacing pieces of it as needed. The inside of the capsules are futuristic and minimalist. Kirilina says they're almost like being inside of a spaceship or a cruise ship cabin room. In the middle is the big round porthole window. There's room for a bed, a desk, a bathroom, and that's pretty much it. The idea is there would be no kitchens. They would only have a shower and, and that other services could be secured through a kind of like lobby concierge service that the building was going to have. So if you needed food, if you needed to have your soup pressed, if you needed all of these other things, that would be taken care of. The opening of the Nakagin capsule tower seemed like a sign that the future had finally arrived. But very soon, it became obvious that the future wasn't going to go exactly as planned. First, there were the big picture problems. The economic boom Japan saw after the war slowed down in the 1970s. And by the 90s, the country had famously entered a period of economic stagnation that became known as the lost decade. And this meant that the demand for businessman crash pads started to dry up. But the way the tower itself was built also complicated things. Kurokawa had dreamed that the capsules would be refreshed about every 25 years or so. But the capsules were all slid into the core one by one on top of the other. 
So to remove one at the bottom, you had to take them all out. The capsules were never refreshed, never renewed, not even once. And so as the years went by, the building began to decay. There was mildew, there were leaks, there were concerns about asbestos, and many of the units went unoccupied. The last time Carolina visited the Nakagin capsule tower in 2019, it had seen better days. It was kind of like a sci-fi relic. Like, there was water dripping, there was leaks, you could just see rust. While some of the capsules had been restored, others were just in a state of complete decay. You know, in the refurbished capsules, you could see its potential. But then you look at the core and you're just like, oh man, this is, this is a mess. <laughs> Over the last decade or so, there have been efforts to renovate the capsules or find new uses for them as short-term rentals or studio and office spaces. But that was a tough sell, too. The capsules don't have kitchens, and they're only really meant for one person. And the building's location didn't help either. It's situated next to an elevated highway, close enough that during rush hour, drivers stuck in traffic often pointed and waved at residents. So it's not an area that feels... Uh, you know, quaintly residential. Um, there's, it definitely has a somewhat commercial industrial feel around it. And, and, you know, that's partly why it's located where it was located because this was supposed to be a, a kind of crash pad for businessmen. The idea was that they would be close to where they needed to be for work. One preservationist named Tatsuyuki Maeda spearheaded a campaign to save the tower. He planned to host an architectural conference that would celebrate the style of metabolism. And the hope was that the conference would drum up interest and maybe they'd find a buyer who might be interested in preserving the tower. But then the pandemic hit. In 2021, the owners agreed to sell the building to a group of real estate firms. And in April of 2022, demolition began. Someday, something else will go up in its place. With its loss, we lose this representation of a very idealistic moment in, in modernist architecture of creating shelter that was innovative, that attempted to be humane in a lot of ways, that was conscientious of, of the environment, um, you know, that wasn't just driven by some developer, you know, trying to squeeze out square footage. Um, this was really about a building that embodied other bigger ideas. And, you know, losing it is losing a piece of that 1960s idealism. Even though the Nakagin capsule tower will soon be gone, a relic of the past, Carolina says the ideas around it, the ideas around sustainability and regeneration and reuse that inspired the tower are only becoming more important. The ideals embodied in this building, I think, are worth studying. This idea of a building that you don't raise when you need to add to it. Maybe you design it so that it can be added to. Or maybe you design it so that when it needs fixing, pieces of it can be replaced and fixed without having to take the whole building down. Um, we can't just tear things down and build them anew all the time. The metabolist movement, you know, they were, they were thinking about that half a century ago. Well, the tower will soon be gone, pieces of the Nakagin may still live on. Tetsuyuki Maeda, the preservationist who wanted to hold that architecture conference, 
is now working on restoring individual capsules and installing them in museums around the world. You can stay up to date with his efforts at nakagincapsuletower.com. And a very special thanks to Carolina Miranda for telling us the story of the Nakagin Capsule Tower. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Amanda McGowan. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall, and I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.